What's up, guys? I'm Kelsey Lowe, and you are listening to Joyfully You Podcast. So the past month and a half, so it is right now October 2nd, 2018, the past month and a half have been a whirlwind, a shit show at times, Um, but here I am. I'm alive, I'm breathing, and I really want to offer to you things that have happened through my journey that have helped me. And I brought someone on that you're going to meet soon named Kelsey. And I know, ironic, right? Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey squared. Let's do it. Why not? If I'm going to bring someone on my podcast, I'm going to make sure they have the best name ever. (laughs) So um, just being super transparent with you guys. On September 1st, uh, one of my best friends was in a boating accident. Actually, Two of my best friends were in a boating accident, and one of them didn't make it, along with three other people. So there's been immense grief, immense shock. Um, We're still, it's October 2nd, 2018, we're still haven't found her yet. And so there's been a lot of anxiety and waves of anxiety and depression that have come up. And so like any good podcaster would do, let's turn it over. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. I have had things that have helped offer me relief. Um, and I want to offer them to you because death is a natural part of life, unfortunately. And so if it's going to be something that is always going to happen eventually, why not talk about how to deal with it? And also too, just the anxiety of day-to-day life. There's normal things that cause anxiety that get in the way of us and our potential and finding satisfaction and happiness in life. So thank you guys for tuning in. Again, this is Joyfully You Podcast, and let's welcome Kelsey. Today is a special day because we have Kelsey Furlong here. Kelsey was on the show prior and, you know, her info is just so good. I had to bring her back on. Anxiety is a topic that's been coming up a lot within my personal space, within your guys' personal space. And I think it's something that affects everyone. And that's why we're going to talk about it. So Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, yeah, I was super excited when you uh, reached back out. I always want to talk about this. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I, something that I hear people say a lot is I just have anxiety and I don't know why. Mm, Yeah. I, I, I hear that too. And, um, you know what it is, is I, I believe that anxiety comes from one central place. And that is that the person that is having it is resisting something, uh, some, I would call it leveling up or some change. We are, we're programmed to want to avoid the discomfort that comes with change. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we are. And I, and I think that whenever too, like when I start to have anxiety, I'm, my mind is in the future. I'm like so worried about things to come. Um, but I also have had anxiety where I had no idea why I was amongst like a bunch of my friends and it was like a day in Santa Barbara and it was kind of going into the evening where everyone's kind of like getting drinks and I'm not a big drinker. Like I'll enjoy a glass of wine or two, but like, I can't just keep drinking because I get really sick and, and anxiety started to build. And I, and I didn't, I'm like, why can't I just hang out? But I just all of a sudden felt like 
And I didn't even classify it as anxiety in the the moment. It was more of my heart is beating. If I open my mouth, I feel like I'm going to start crying. There was a physiological response happening that was trying to get me to leave the situation, but the situation was not harmful, scary. Like there wasn't a reason to have it be a fight or flight mode. What comes to my mind in that situation, Kelsey, is that like the first thing that hits me when you say that is like, okay, so what I can see is that in that moment you were having anxiety because you were resisting getting out of the situation. Not necessarily because there was like nothing wrong. You were, you were put in a situation or you put yourself in a situation, um, because I'm all about accountability here. You put yourself in a situation where you were behaving in a way that doesn't align with who you are. Does that make sense to you? A hundred percent. And that was it. And I think that I was resisting that because in my mind it was like, well, these are, these are my close friends. This is how I've always, I've always been fine just hanging out with this. Why can't I just chill? You know? And I think that I was judging myself because at that point it was like still, it was like six hours of being in Santa Barbara and you know, my body was like, it's time to go home. (laughs) And it just, I felt, I felt dramatic, but then when I was able to just go home and like, kind of like have some time to myself, um, I did. I felt better. I felt instantly better. I had like an emotional release. And so I don't know if that was a one-off situation, but I'm sure that there's a lot of other people out there that can relate to, there's the two types of anxiety, right? The anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I just almost got in a car accident. My heart is beating. I, but then it passes because the danger has gone. But then there's the other anxiety where we're just worried about the future or we're so uncomfortable in the moment that it, it, we don't really understand. We just know that our body's trying to get us to move. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like I, I have come to this kind of new understanding about, about my experience with anxiety is that like for a while I thought, okay, like I can totally go, go, I can totally never experience this like really uncomfortable, like buzzing energy, heart racing, like can't catch my breath anxiety ever again. Um, but I, I'm having a little bit of that in the last couple of weeks for the first time. And I don't know, gosh, many months, if not a year. And I came to the realization that this feeling is just always going to happen for me when I am, whenever I am truly being called to like, not just level up, but make a big leap if I want to get where I'm trying to go. And when I am Mm -hmm. even slightly resisting that, you know, consciously or subconsciously, I get, it's, it's that buzzing energy that's telling me to move and to, to lean into whatever this is so that I can move through it. Right. And that, that's just going to happen. That's going to be the way that it is. And I came to that realization and it hit me like last week or the week before. And I, I got very uncomfortable because I haven't felt this way in a while. And I thought it would never come back. And I was like, Oh my God, this is coming back. But I realized it's, it's okay. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can be a tool, right? What, so if this Mm -hmm. has to happen, well, but what doesn't have to, what doesn't have to happen is I don't have to shut down because of it. I don't have to feel defeated because of it. I can reframe it. So for me, I'm now like kind of, I'm, I'm paying attention to it as excitement rather than like worry or nervousness or like panic. Yeah. I love that. That's something that I've talked about before of that transition of that excited energy that we have can easily catapult into anxious energy, but on the reverse, we can make our anxious energy turn into excited energy. 
Totally. It it works too. So talk to us a little bit about like, uh, I mean, that's an example of the reframing. Um, but I mean, when I, let's transition this of kind of talking about, you know, entrepreneurship or new things in your life or our, you know, people's lives. Cause that's been a noticeable time for me when I find myself stepping into something new that it just seems so overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing about being an entrepreneur is that we're just constantly being called to, to grow and expand and navigate through situations where we don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what we're doing. Most of us, we just know, like, we know where we're trying to go, but Thank we're God just for Google university. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's really scary to go into something and, and admit that you don't, necessarily in that moment have all the tools that you need, but you're going to start it anyway, Mm -hmm. you know? And what I have found happens is we get, we have a moment, most of us will have like a moment of courage. And like, for me, I could say, like, I joke about like the first, um, like business coach that I hired, I joked, like, I I think I just blacked out because we, we can take a big step. And then what will happen is this, this fear comes comes at us because we are caught in a moment of vulnerability where we've just done something very uncomfortable, which is like make a commitment or take a big step. Um, and then if we're not prepared for that, if we don't have kind of some systems and supports in place to protect ourselves from that and know how to navigate it, that's when it comes in and your, you know, your ego wants to take over and tell you that maybe you made a mistake and you need to backtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like working through it. I love what you said too, about not shaming or judging yourself for having those moments of anxiety. That was hard for me because for me, it was, I was like on a mission, you know, and I, I, I'm definitely still on a mission. Like I know what I know about my anxiety. So how do you find relief from your anxiety? Well, for me, I, I have a, it depends. It depends on the type of anxiety. I've experienced a completely new type of anxiety over the past month. Yeah. Um, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, and for those of you listening, if you don't really know what's happened, like I'll give you a little insight. Um, a month ago, one of my best friends was in a boating accident and her and three other people didn't make it. And we still have not been able to find her. And so that has caused like this entire wave of anxiety and emotions that that's related to grief. And I did some research and found out that it's called an ambiguous loss when you lose someone, but you haven't been able to find them. And during 9-11, there was a lot of research about this because so many people were experiencing this ambiguous loss of just like this anxious energy of the unknown. And I mean, for that type of anxiety, what calmed me down was my belief that when people die, they are pure positive energy and that that is the frequency that they dwell on. And when I'm sad and I'm depressed and I'm like buried in my sorrow, I'm not going to be on the same frequency to connect with her. And so that became a motivator to do things that make me happy, to not shame myself for feeling happy and to kind of just enjoying the fact that I'm alive. And those have been the times where I've heard her so clearly And so, but then, you know, that determination to want to connect with her fades because sometimes the emotions are uncontrollable, but it has helped me. I mean, I'm a huge fan of CBD. I'll post um, my favorite CBD company, Soul CBD, down in the show notes if you guys want to check it out. Um, 
and that is a huge relief because like my mind is able to catch up with my body or actually maybe they both just slow the fuck down and it <laughs> helps go. me like focus. That's what's really happening. I'm a fast paced person and I've had to honor the fact that my body and my mind need a slower pace right now. I love that Kelsey, because that's, that's really something that like when, when I feel anxious or when I feel that coming on, it, it literally feels like everything has sped up. And so I catch myself having to sort of exercise like, um, and this is really a key. I I really believe that exercising self-control and discipline around your mind is a, is very freeing because Mm -hmm. you get really good at being able to just tell yourself, like catch it when it starts and tell yourself, hold on, pay attention, right? Be here, just pay attention. So, and when I was, so what you just said about this, this, the different types of anxiety, like brought for me to mind, I think one of the really critical things in finding relief is being able to identify because the, the, the anxieties are different types, which just means there's different emotions behind them. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you said, this one that you're experiencing right now is really at its root is a deep grief. And so when the, when this anxiety, when you're feeling this, do you feel like you have, um, a sense of what is going on in your conscious mind of what this inner narrative is, is telling you, can you hear what's being said? Hmm. In the beginning, yes, because in the beginning, I had this momentum that the anxious energy I was able to use towards things. I was like, I took full control of doing a fundraiser page, creating a foundation for donations, creating updates about the intensity of it. So during all of that, I think subconsciously, I was thinking if I stay busy, I could possibly help find her and I can get the relief. So I felt like I had some type of control in that way, but now that it's more of release of control, I've just had to, I've had to just count. I had I literally had to slow down and practice what I preach and start writing down some things I'm grateful for. Even if I'm, because it's really hard to be pissed off and grateful at the same time. (laughs) Uh, 100%. I talk about that a lot. It's like, I had a moment of, of realization one night last year, I was just having like a meltdown, like ugly crying in my bed. And I, um, have some alarms on my phone that go off in moments of, uh, like randomly. And I stop what I'm doing and just take two or three moments and just kind of like do some visualizations around gratitude. And I was having this meltdown and feeling really sorry for myself, even though consciously I knew everything was going to be just fine. Um, and the alarm went off and I stopped and I did my gratitude exercises and I realized that it is impossible to feel sorry for yourself and to just be deeply sad when you're focusing on how amazing everything actually really is. I love that. I really do. Like it's, and it sounds, it seems so minuscule until you do it. So if you're listening right now and you've never just taken a list to write down things you're grateful for, do it do it. Cause like, even in the midst of like feeling like, Oh my gosh, this sucks. Like hating everything. Just do it. Write down a couple things that you're grateful for and just kind of dwell in that for a second. Like if you're like, Oh, I can't think of anything. Well, you're fucking breathing. So you have something to be thankful <laughs> for. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, 100%. And I, I genuinely feel like the fact that I am in, I am in a human body means that I <laughs> jackpot. 
you know, like, <laughs> I, I'm not an ant. Like I have all of this potential and it, this is like, this is my turn on the ride. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I, maybe my energy was waiting in, in the other until it got its turn. And when it got assigned to a human body, it was like, all right, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> you know, so for me, it's like impossible to just feel really bad about anything, even yeah. when things are hard, because I have this opportunity here now and I'm not going to fucking waste it. Yep. Yep. And something, something that really like a tactical thing that helps me is like, I get a piece of paper out and I start writing down all the things that are in my control. And on the other side of the paper, all the things that are not in my control. And this is super helpful for me because then I know where to channel my energy. Cause a lot of my anxiousness and my anxiety comes when I try to control the uncontrollable because I'm putting my mental energy into it, but, but I can't do anything to control it. And so if that's, that's a huge decipher of how to like cut things out of your headspace. Yeah. And you know what? I want to ask you something. Cause that's funny because you just said something that I, I'm, you know, I take notes when I have these calls because they keep me focused because I'm all about using the tools that allow you to like, I focus is something that I have had to really work hard on. So anyway, I'm taking notes <laughs> So you said, um, that you like in the beginning, you know, um, of the last month when you were really able to kind of have more awareness around that, that conscious voice, um, and that inner narrative. Um, what struck me was that you had a channel for your energy. Hmm. And you just said just now, like when you make your list of like, what's in your control and what's not, it shows you where to channel your energy. So I think there's something really key in that, in that we always need to be working towards something. If we're not, if we're stagnant, that's when our energy gets all trapped up inside of us. That's when anxiety comes through because you are not moving forward in any intentional and purposeful direction. And I also want want to ask you this. So when you write your list down of what's in control and what's not, do you find that there is any theme of what's in your control versus what's not? Yeah, for sure. What's in control? Me. What's yeah. not in my control? Everyone else. <laughs> yeah, everyone and everything else. So I wanted to point that out to, to our listeners who maybe like are still kind of wrapping their, their head around letting the idea of letting go of control of everything. Cause that was a big, that was hard for me. I wanted to control everything. Yeah. It's it, it almost like we create, um, like we think we're creating an advantage by thinking we can control other people, but it's actually just burning us out. Yeah. Like, like, sure. I want to control the search team and finding my friend a lot faster, but can I actually do that? No, not no. without annoying them and actually pulling them away from the search if I'm calling all the time. And so yeah. letting go has, has been a huge theme. And I think some of the anxiety that I've been experiencing right now is at one point I felt ready and signed up for all of these different things in my life. But now when different circumstances come up and tragedy happens, I'm like, holy shit, I don't think I'm ready. So it's like easy to digress, but remembering that if wherever you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be ready or not. Yeah. Well, and also Kelsey, I mean, frankly, knowing that it's also okay to change what you want. So this is something that I think is really important to talk about is, is the idea of the, I want to go back to the idea of the inner narrative that I've been talking about because for me, well, let me ask you this and then I'm going to tell you why, but do you ever have a sense of, of your conscious mind 
being just a little bit elevated above your, your, like the voice of your ego or the voice of your, um, whatever you want to call it, uh, inner, I call it sometimes like inner narrative. For me, that's like my head and my heart. Like okay. the, yep. for me, the inner narrative, I mean, okay. So my inner narrative of, of fear and scarcity of like, oh my gosh, there isn't enough time. There isn't enough money. That's when I'm stuck in my head. But when I drop into my heart and I think, well, no, my vision for my life and for the people I want to help and for the impact I want to make is so much bigger than I'm like, I'll figure out how, but it's literally, yeah. I can't, in this point in my, like currently today, it's really hard for me to think past the following day but I do have deadlines and stuff scheduled that I know are coming up. So I'm just taking it day by day in preparation for it. But I, I have to just be present now. Cause that's the only thing that helps, but also physically moving my body, like even just walking as I talk or doing things. Cause I do think that the anxiety that comes up, our inner narrative, when we get stuck in our head is telling us all of the mean negative things like you can't do this. How, you, you failed once before. Remember that one time? It's probably going to be just like that. Or, or if you have been keeping your promises to yourself, you'll have a little bit more proof. You're like, well, I remember that one time I couldn't do it and I still went and did it and it was different than planned, but I did it. You know, it's, I think that it's all those things. It's like a compound effect. Right. Right. Well, and frankly, you know, okay. So let me tell you about, about the time that I, very first recognized this, this inner narrative, this story that was going on in my head, because I've been thinking a lot about this. And I was thinking, when did this, like, what was it for me that clicked in that moment? And I was standing at my sink, washing dishes at my place in Minneapolis. And this must've been, um, like the beginning of the fall of 2016. So two years ago. And I remember standing there and I was all in my head And I had this moment of like total consciousness where I recognized that what I was doing as I was washing my dishes was I was telling myself the story of what was happening, but I was telling it sin and as if it had already happened. So it was something like, um, you know, and then I was washing my dishes and I was standing there thinking about how um, you know, this funny thing happened. And, and so what I was doing was I wasn't paying fucking attention to what I was actually doing. I was telling it like I was, like I was, you know, trying to, to create it. Um, but I wasn't paying attention. And it was in that moment that I was like, hold on, what is this voice in my head? And, and for me, it was just a, a moment of thinking, Okay. So this is a habit that I have. I have a habit of not paying attention to what I'm doing because I'm all in my head thinking about what I'm about to do. Does that make sense? Yes. That makes total sense. And this this realization freed me. It freed me because I realized that what this meant was that I had a choice of whether I wanted to pay attention to that or whether I wanted to think that way. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. That is, um, you know, I think it's, it's so natural for us to be thinking about the next step. I feel like even things in life always say like, be prepared for the next step, but there isn't as much focus on just focusing on the step that you're in right now. Yeah. And I, I recognize that that voice, that narrative that I had, that story, um, it was constantly, it was hyper keyed into other people. Um, but I was, 
thinking about myself the whole time. And I was thinking about what, what's the next best thing to say? What's the next right thing to say? What's the thing to say to get this person to like me or love me? Like, what is, you know, what's the next thing to do? I was just thinking about the next move because I was so insecure. And that mm. was, I'm comes from the ego. So for me, it was like, I, I couldn't even begin to tap into my subconscious. I I've learned so much about myself, Kelsey, since the last time we talked, I really looked through like what my, my process was in learning all of this. I couldn't even begin to tap into my subconscious beliefs until I looked at my conscious mind. And so we talk all the time about limiting beliefs and we talk about the ego and we talk about the subconscious, but we need to talk about the conscious mind because the conscious mind has a choice. That's where your choice comes from. That's where your command over yourself comes from. Mm-hmm. And, so, and something on choice is your initial instinct reaction is your soul trying to take action. And then it's about five seconds. They've even done studies on this. There's about five seconds until our ego or our subconscious mind talks us out of it. Yeah. Yeah. For example, if you, if you say you want to lose weight, every time you walk past the gym, you're going to feel this spike of guilt because your, in, your intuition is trying to tell you that you're close to something that's helping you achieve your goals. But if you constantly are thinking about working out, but not doing it, you're going to get anxiety. Yes. Yeah. So I have a, I have like a, I found this in my journals from a, like a couple of years ago and I don't know if I wrote it or if someone else wrote it. I tried to Google it, but I, I have said like, if you go around saying you're an activist, if you go around calling yourself an activist, but you litter, you're going to feel guilt. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel like an imposter, right? So <laughs> that's what, where this like idea of living with integrity comes from for me. That's where wholeness comes from. If you don't want to feel yucky or feel like any level of, of like something is missing, you need to be in alignment. You need to be looking for those things and you have to tap into where that's coming from. Yeah. And show Definitely. up. You got to, you and have to do up. the things that are good for you because that's the other thing is I had to get to a point where I had to take like some real accountability for, for myself and what I was doing and what I was not doing. And I, I it sucked at first because when I realized that I had, I had 100% a say on how I experienced these feelings that go through my body and that I didn't have to experience them the way that everyone told me I had to experience them, meaning negatively. Um, I was angry. I, and I was mad at myself because I was, I felt like such a fool. I was like my whole life, people have been telling me this and I bought it. I was drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> but yeah, but, and it's, it didn't feel good to admit that. And so I fully understand why people don't want to like recognize that they do have command over themselves and they do have, they do get to have a say in how this all goes down for them. But you have to, you have to accept that and you have to forgive yourself. You know, there was a process for just saying like, you know what? And thanking, thanking yourself for being able to get through what you had to get through, but now consciously choosing to go ahead and do whatever it takes to level up and evolve yourself to, to your next, to your next and expanded version. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, since you said that, I have to tell just a quick story about how lobsters grow because it's so in line with what you're saying. Have you ever heard about this? Have you heard this? No, I haven't. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) So how lobsters grow is they're this soft, squishy animal that's in this really hard, rigid shell. And they grow to a certain point, and then all of a sudden they get really, really uncomfortable to the point of not being able to move because they are so confined in their hard, rigid shell. So what do they do? They go under a rock, they cast off their shell, they get really vulnerable for a couple days, but then their next shell starts to grow. And it's hardened and it hardens. And then they have all this movement, all this space, but then that shell starts to become too small and they get really uncomfortable. And so the stimulus for the lobster to grow is being uncomfortable. Yeah. And so if the the lobster had doctors, they'd get Xanax or or (laughs) Percocet and the lobster would never grow. It would stay small. Yeah. And so just, I want to share that for all of you guys listening, that if you're feeling uncomfortable and you're having anxiety, most likely you are growing into a new version of yourself. So celebrate the fact that you're about to cast off a shell. Kelsey, we're crustaceans. (laughs) (laughs) What is a bunch of anxious crustaceans over here? We We have to grow. Come on, come on. It's time. It's, it's absolutely time. You know, we, we say this and Frankly, we, we do, we live in like, you just, I love that you just said that they're the little crustacean doctors are giving them anxiety and they're going to stay the same. That's how it works. You know, we, I really believe that those of us that have these feelings like really intense feelings, um, have a, have a big energy. Like for me, when I, when I start to feel anxious, it is literal energy just buzzing through my body. And I, truly believe that that is because I am a big energy and I have big things to accomplish and I have a big purpose. And I, I think that those of us that have this experience are visionaries and we are truth tellers and truth seekers. And I believe that the system, all systems want to keep us in place. They want to keep us playing small and they want to keep the status quo because that's how you keep things as they are. That's how, you know, power stays where it is. That's how money stays where it is. That's how everything stays as it is. And I, I just don't think that that is, it doesn't have to be like that. I really believe that the universe is abundant and that there's enough space for us all to experience these really, really amazing things. And we all need to let go of those old and outdated fears of, of scarcity and lack. Um, that to, to not label ourselves, like I'm not a depressed person. You're experiencing depression or you're not just an anxious person. You're experiencing anxiety. And so differentiating between the two and don't confine yourself into a box. Yes. It's something you're feeling. It's going to pass through you, but it's not the definition of who you are. Yes. And I, I mean, I would have told you for 20 something years, that was that, that I had crippling anxiety, that I had paralyzing anxiety was a critical and central part of my story and of my identity. And I had to consciously choose to change that again. And I, I just believe that like when you label yourself as something, when you are resigned to the, to the idea that you have to be medicated to deal with this thing forever, um, that's all you're ever going to get. And I, I know that this is probably hard to hear. I would not have wanted to hear it. I, again, I would have been like, who the fuck is this woman? But it's, 
more and more I see that, that it's, it's the truth. And when it started to hit me, I thought I was losing my mind. I was very alone. I didn't have anybody else in my space who thought the way that I did and who knows what I know about it. Um, but once I started to see it, you know, it's funny how, how, um, when you start to, to believe in something, the, the, the uh, proof will start to show itself to you. And so pe- people started coming out of the woodwork to me who had had similar experiences with their mental health. And for me, it wasn't just anxiety. It was um, depression. At one point I was diagnosed bipolar. It was fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, Ep- uh, Epstein-Barr and, um, you know, bulimia. Like it was, it was the gamut. And so um, I just want to encourage people to just, even if it's just like a tiny sliver of the belief that this doesn't have to be your experience forever is going to help you wiggle free from those limitations. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kelsey, for, for coming on the show and for sharing all of your experience with this. Yeah. I mean, anytime, of course it's, it, I, it gives me life to be able to help people get even just a little bit of relief. Absolutely. You know, who knows? Joyfully You podcast might turn into the Kelsey and Kelsey show. (laughs) Stay tuned. You never know what's going to (laughs) happen. Kelsey squared. I love it. (laughs) Kelsey squared.